0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Trust the Bank podcast. It's my favorite podcast that we do all year. Every year, it's the Draft Recap Podcast. We're going to get through a lot of things. If you're watching this on YouTube, go check out the podcast platforms to watch all of the recap right now. Otherwise, the segments will come out over the next couple of days. Also, don't worry, tomorrow, which is Monday, the uh, Undrafted Free Agent Raven Full breakdown of every single player and all their pros and cons, and stuff like that. That will also be out tomorrow on Monday. So make sure to stay tuned for that. If you're watching this or listening on the Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave a review. We're doing another giveaway when we hit uh, 50 podcast reviews. And we're also doing a giveaway for all the rookies that were drafted. Shout out to everybody that's commented on all those reaction videos. But Joshua, let's talk about it. Let's break down every pick of the draft. Give our thoughts on each of these players. Everybody in the comment section down below, you know what to do. Let us know all your thoughts. Yeah. But we're starting off. We're going with Mr. Zay Flowers. What were your thoughts on taking him at 22? Oh, uh, man. If they haven't watched the reaction
1: video, man, Um, me personally, I was disappointed. Um, And not saying that Zay Flowers is not a playmaker. Not saying that he's not going to be great in the NFL. Nothing nothing of that nature. My thing was to get a big body wide receiver, to, you know, to compliment, you know, uh, Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr. Maybe even beat out uh, Nelson Aguilar. Um on, on on the depth chart. Um, but, you know, honestly, as far as he can beat out Nelson Aguilar on the depth chart. I mean, I'm just being completely honest about that. He will be a media impact guy. Um, you know, with him in Boston College, he was used in a lot of different ways. That's a great thing about that. I just wanted a big guy. I was really hoping on, you know, um, using that 22nd pick in the first round to get a corner, maybe uh, find our way in the third round to maybe get John Lillian or Cedric Tillman, uh, one of those type of big, big body guys. But I mean, you know, um, Lamar Jackson. He did his research. I believe. I believe Flowers is a Florida guy. You know, he mm-hmm. sent he sent his list over to EDC of his, and his research. So you know, anybody says Lamar doesn't study players and don't study the game, yeah, he does. He, he knows. He knows what he likes. He knows who he wants. So uh, this obviously was another um, Lamar pick. Um, uh, I call Zay Flowers Hollywood 2.0 without the injuries. Um, so hopefully um, coming this coming August September, we can see how dynamic he can be. But you know, I know everybody loved it per se. I just wanted to, I wanted a big body type of guy. That's all.
0: Yeah, and you know, obviously people saw our reaction once he was drafted. I went back and looked at all the things when I had talked about him previously. I I was talking to my buddy Matt before the draft and he was saying, you know, how many of these wide receivers do you think are first rounders and you know, are guaranteed first rounders? And I was like, Zay Flowers for sure is going to be a first round draft pick. Like I had him as a first round talent. So I don't want anybody to think that yeah. I don't think he has the talent or skill. I don't want anybody to think I am a hater. Every single one of these players just getting into it before the episode even goes on. We are rooting for every single one of these players, they are Ravens. We are Ravens fans. That is the goal, is for these players to all be the best possible pick. So don't misconstrue anything that we say is us not liking these players. We just really like certain other prospects that sometimes we just get ahead of and we just really want them in the draft. Mine was Joey Porter Jr., and I, I made that very clear. The Ravens ended up not going with him. But what's funny is draft day, I tweeted out um, kind of my you know favorite pick, what would be the worst possible pick? What do you think the Ravens will pick? What would be the, you know, worst possible player for the your rival to get? Yeah. Well, my favorite player to pick was Joey Porter Jr. Worst was Nolan Smith. My prediction of who the Ravens would pick was Zay Flowers, and then my worst possible player to go to my rival was Joey Porter Jr. Both of those ended up happening, and from looking back at you know the things I've said about Zay Flowers, he's obviously great in space, and Todd Munkin. It looks like what the offense the Ravens are trying to build is to scheme players open into space and let them make plays by themselves. Right. And Zay Flowers is that guy. If you want somebody right now that can play and get Yak, he was the best in the class. Now, Quentin Johnston, you know, I don't think he's ready to take on that next level yet, which is why um, I don't think he was the number one in terms of Yak. Zay Flowers was the Yak guy. And he is small, but he's also very shifty. Something that I do really like about him was he bulked up significantly right after the Boston College season ended getting into the combine. I want to say he put on about 15 pounds in like three months, just getting ready to show like, hey, I'm not just going to be this small skinny guy like a Hollywood Brown. I'm going to try and get better, bigger and become, you know, I I do not want to throw this player out there because he is one of the best receivers of all time, but become more of the Antonio Brown size You know, I don't want to make that Antonio Brown comparison. I don't think they're very similar players, but his agent, I remember he he also compared him to Antonio Brown. So it's something they're trying to go for. Mm -hmm. But the Ravens ended up going with the guy that doesn't have the health concerns, which I'm okay with. Like, I understand that Jordan Addison. I liked more, but he does have health concerns. He's been injured throughout his college career, don't know it you know I love his game you know I'm rooting for him in Minnesota but we went with Zay flowers and I'm okay with that I don't think it's an atrocious pick it's not the pick I would have made but it's very clear the Ravens are trying to help out Lamar Jackson and build a very different offense than the one that Greg Roman built which I'm excited to see right yeah I think the offensive players that are selected every single one of them which was really only one and then a couple of offensive linemen. Yeah, yeah. We we have to see how they work in the offense. Because if this was Greg Roman's offense, Zay Flowers, I think, would have been a terrible selection. Because that's Zephyr. all we've watched. Zay Flowers wouldn't even got picked.
1: He, if Greg Roman was still here, let's be honest, Zay Flowers wouldn't have been thought of. Honestly, we'd have probably got Michael Mayer or um, Kincaid. Uh, we would have gone down. There. That's probably right. Yeah. So, I mean, let's 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 be completely honest. So, I mean, but, you know, when you think about the addition of Zay Flowers uh, being a part of this office of uh, Tree, it's almost like they're building a basketball team of ISO players. Yeah. Can- <laughs> and I mean, that's that's how the NBA is, you know, damn near going, you know, is it's going positionless. So, I mean, even though you still need a QB to throw, throw these wide receivers the ball, um, these are the Odell Beckman Jr., you know, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers. Um, I guess I guess Nelson can make things happen on one-on-one, you know, depending on which Nelson shows up um, on Sundays and Mondays and Thursday nights. I mean, hey. But um, these guys, you know, can make things happen for themselves, you know, once the ball is in, in their hands. So this is going to be a great opportunity for um, him and everyone else because, you know, or someone can work out by themselves and show that they like, hey, I'm that guy, it's gonna open, it's gonna open it up for other other players. So I mean, um this is this is but you we also gotta think about this too. The load that's been on Mark Andrew's shoulders for the past couple years, it's about to get lifted. Yeah. It's about to get lifted. So um overall for the offensive side of the ball, I guess I guess we could see for the dynamic. And and, and and bringing this dynamic, I think it's going to be um, a great piece that's going to work out in the end. I am looking forward to seeing how it all pans out come, you know, week one. I really am.
0: Yeah, and I want people to know I made a video um, talking about best fits for Todd Munkin's offense. Zay Flowers was my best fit for Todd Munkin's offense, which is funny. Um, you know, talking about versatility, that's what he pranks. You know, he's taken handoffs in college. He's taken screen passes in college. He's gone deep in college. He, he can do it all. He has done it all. And if you want the versatility and the do it all aspect for Tom Munkin's offense, that was the guy. So, like, you know, as much as our reaction it was it was not a reaction of, oh, no, we hate Zay Flowers. It was, oh, man, we really loved Joey Porter Jr. Or we really love Jordan Addison. Okay. Next up, the next pick the Ravens made in this draft was Trenton Simpson out of Clemson. Joshua, what are you thinking about going with a linebacker with the second pick, third round in the draft?
1: Well, I'm not thinking what everybody else been thinking. Oh, PQ's out here. He's, his, fifth, his fifth year option is not getting picked up. Oh, uh, PQ, um, he just started coming on with Roquan Smith uh, came along. Yeah, that's right he hasn't had anyone to actually, you know, play with him and teach him the the game as a linebacker in the NFL. You know, he was a well-inside linebacker. That means a weak inside linebacker, not the Mike, not the strong. And even when he was at LSU, that defense had a lot of of moving pieces. I believe, um, oh, my gosh, the linebacker for Tampa Bay, was he with uh, Patrick Queen? Before um, I believe,
0: draft? yes, the year before it was Devin White. Okay. Um, or, De- yeah, Devin White, Devin Bush, played for the Shield. Uh, Devin White was there.
1: Okay. And I know Devin White was the Mike linebacker at, even at LSU. So uh, it, it was a different type of ball game. Now that, you know, Roquan's been here, we saw what we saw the potential of what PQ can be. But the thing about Trenton Simpson, I believe he was a safety before he became linebacker. So I. I got to, you know, it kind the, of a hybrid. Okay. Okay. Like a Shaq Thompson type uh, yeah. type of guy. Okay, great. So, I mean, the great thing about that, you know, Mike McDonald does like his piece, does like his chess pieces. He mm-hmm. can move around. We saw what he did with Kyle Hamilton. So now, you know, we can maybe with this move, you can put Trent Simpson in, in the box, let him, you know, guard the tight ends. And Maybe let Kyle Hamilton really, you know, just range around with Marcus Williams things, or even let, let him come down and uh get a blitz, cause some more uh confusion. So, I don't see this as a moving PQ out. I see this, no, I see this as another addition, uh, another moving piece onto this defense that's going to be crazy, uh, very, very attackful, um, and a, and a lot of speed. He's like 6'2. It runs like a four, 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 five, when four, see, four, three. Listen, when you see somebody two forty five, two sixty run that fast, got that type of range, and also he's had Kenny picking number in the ACC as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a scary sight to see on the defensive side of the ball. So, um, once again. Me personally, if there was a corner at 86 that I covered it, I probably would have went there. But we do have to understand the grand scheme of grand scheme of how of how you know Mike Madonna wants this wants his defense to be moved around. So he got another hired player that he can obviously put in different situations where he feel like he can um he can be efficient.
0: Yes. And I think that he was the player. We weren't expecting it to be a linebacker expecting it to be a safety. But I think he was the guy drafted to take up what Chuck Clark was doing mm-hmm. on the defense last year, because towards the end of the year, it became Kyle. I mean, we had three safeties out there on the field at all times. And Trenton Simpson can come in and be where Chuck Clark was because he can cover the, you know, he's played nickel. He's yeah. played. I mean, he's played corner on the outside as well. I don't expect him to do that. I think they brought that up at the press conference. They're like, he's not playing, you know, outside corner. But he is going to line up everywhere. They said he could line up over at edge. They're going to blitz him. They love blitzing everybody. But rather than potentially a three safety defense, the Ravens traditionally um, have been running last year, maybe they switch it over and, okay, now they're throwing in Trenton Simpson in, in nickel defense, even though it won't technically be nickel, but he'll be playing where the safety used to play in there and play close to the box or play on the line i mean maybe summon for tyus bowser you know at sam linebacker you know have him rush the passer throw him all over because that speed is 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 lethal he is going to be able to get after the quarterback and a lot of his great plays that he made at clemson from watching him He was spying the quarterback. He was fantastic against these mobile quarterbacks, which now we're seeing so much more. How many times have we been sitting there and Patrick Queen is not able to contain Josh Allen as a spy? How many times do we have to watch Mahomes break, contain? Trenton Simpson was the guy at Clemson where it was, do not let this quarterback run for yards. Hold him there, cover the the low area of the field, cover close to the line of scrimmage, and if he breaks out of that pocket attack, bring him down. That's what he did. And he can still do that in the NFL. It's still a valuable piece. And he's strong. He's physical. You know, he's not 100%, you know, fully developed. He, he is a young guy um, that needs to work on his craft, but he makes plays. And for a third round player that I think can play, you know, in, you know, certain packages and definitely play special teams, I think it's a pretty good pick because he does fill a role. Initially, when I saw it, I was like, okay, we want Trenton Simpson, a third linebacker. No, he's going to be a third linebacker, but he's going to be on the field. It's not right. going to be like, oh, he's the backup. Like we didn't look as Kyle Hamilton as a backup last year. He was he was a gadget. He was yeah. he was somebody, and he's now the gadget. Kyle Hamilton's now the safety. I, I really do like this pick. Um, I am happy with the selection. Next up, we get into the day three picks. Round four, we round four, pick twenty-two in round four. We take Tavius Robinson, edge rusher out of Ole Miss. Now, Joshua, I know you I know you're a fan of this pick. What are your thoughts on this
1: guy? So I did listen to a little bit about him. I know I believe he's from Canada. And um, so I know they called their college university. I know he played at the university of in Canada for about two years, and then when um COVID hit, you know, they pretty much shut everything down. His first his first um offer was from Ole Miss. He's just when like when he heard you know everything was shutting down for COVID, he got on it. You know, Um it started sending his highlight tape everywhere. When you just just from that statement, just from that story alone, that already shows like yo, he got a motor. He has he has a he has a way of hustling because this is his dream is to play football on the next level. And you know, with him hustling, with him you know promoting himself out there, old miss saw something that obviously that they that they love and it felt like he could have been a great addition to that defense. And obviously he did show that. Um, I believe he's six, 6'6, maybe about 260, a nice long, rangey type of guy. I know we let like Calais Campbell walk. And um, uh, you know, I wish the best to him in Atlanta. Even though you know, um and they did uh him saying that they're gonna need the a Super Bowl. Uh, was outrageous, but I get I get why you said it, Calais, and I wish nothing but the best to you guys, y'all over that building. I had a great draft too, you know. Really shout out to y'all. But um, <laughs> knowing that you can line this guy up on the inside and the outside, knowing that he was an SEC SEC type of defensive uh, defensive and interior guy, man, that gives me that gives me a. That, that 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 lights up my that lights up my day because you know when a defense side of the ball when you in that interior you gotta be mean you gotta be nasty um in the third round i wanted us to go for zach wilson from the from the ohio state university uh but he got picked up by the falcons that's why i say shout out to the falcons they had a pretty good draft he was the next best guy you know and i feel like you know um in his previous year at, uh at old miss he had ta- he had multiple tackles for loss. He had multiple sacks. So you know when you hear a guy like that that's going for sacks, that's going for the tactical for loss, that is attacking, that has that uh, that low center of gravity, that can set the edge, that doesn't mind you know going up there and tackling running backs. You know we if we in the AFC North, we got some we got some heavy hitters. You know so um it's good to um to keep on retooling that interior.
0: Yeah, this was a pick that surprised me. You know, we're sitting here and it was like, okay, we need – we really need ourselves a corner. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Tavius Robinson pops up and it's like, whoa, what's going on here? Now, I felt like we could draft Edge. I liked the idea of drafting Edge. Mm -hmm. And when we drafted him, I saw Edge and I was like – I'm not going to lie. I didn't know a ton about him. He was not a player. I was not scouting, you know, typically – you know, round three, round four edges. That's not what I was looking at. I was looking at round six, round seven. Shout out to BJ, um, who ended up going to Kansas City. I was Stephen F. Austin. But it's all right. It's all good. I think that he is a great selection because after looking into his game, after looking at what he can do and, and listening to him talk, I think that was really crucial because he's, he's a hard worker. He's a smart player, but he's physical and he's big. And what big physical man did we lose in the off season? It was Calais Campbell. And I think Tavius Robinson can absolutely get into that. Hey, I'm not a speed rusher because that's what we kind of have right now is these speed rushers that aren't crazy strong. And he can line up at the three tech, um, which if people don't know, that's opposite the guard. Um, or he can line up on the outside and, you know, be that edge rusher play it opposite of Dafe away. But I feel like the Ravens have been kind of stuck where they don't have these power guys. um, Because Calais, as great as he has been for the Ravens, which he's been great, one thing that he struggled with was that speed. He kind of, you know, he didn't have that quick first step and anything like that. We're now going after a younger guy that can come in and just kind of be that physical force to help the Ravens, you know, in third and short, where you may still have to rush the passer. But my favorite thing about this guy is his relentless effort and his drive to knock the football out. He said in his, his press conference or his media viewing, he said it's not enough to get a sack. It's not enough. And that's something that reminded me of David Ojabo coming out of Michigan. Was It was like that was the focus. Where, who did David Ojabo, who was he coached by? He was coached by Mike McDonald. Who's the defensive coordinator of the Ravens? It's Mike McDonald. The goal is to force turnovers that's what the ravens are going for um with this selection is hey here's somebody that's going to attack the football he also you know anytime you'd I always saw him chasing down guys from behind when i was watching him he he wasn't giving up on these plays and i know joshua one of your favorite guys was uh mr jelly Uh, you know, chasing guys down as that defensive tackle, Tavius Robinson is going to try and chase everybody down, whether or not he's going to get there because he's all about that, you know, relentless pursuit and that effort and that extra effort that he is always going to bring to you. And for that, I really do like this selection because again, even though it wasn't thought of as a position that the Ravens need to step into the Ravens lost a guy. And now we have somebody that can replace his role. Now, He's not going to be the leader Calais was. Maybe he is. That would be awesome. But I'm not expecting it. But he's going to be and try and be that next guy to fill in the Calais-Campbell role. He's a little bit shorter. He's not 6'8". Right, 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 right. I mean, he's 6'6", 250, 70. He's a big dude. Um, and I, I'm really excited to watch him play um, and you know kind of develop. Because, again, he's kind of newer. But we love, if there's anything about the Ravens, we are very good at developing smart, driven edge rushers and interior defensive linemen that we take
1: late. Hopefully this time around we can keep some of these
0: guys. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I, I guarantee he's going to dominate in year four, and we're not going to resign him. It's going to be really frustrating. He's going to be a pro Bowl <laughs> in the next year. Kind of a trend, but you know what? It speaks to how, how well we're going to be able to develop him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next up. Uh, round four pick, or I'm sorry, round five pick 22. We did it. We drafted a guy that I loved. Caillou Blue Kelly, cornerback out of Stanford. Joshua, I'll let you go first. What are your thoughts on this pick?
1: I mean, honestly, man, they finally got a corner, man. Um, I know this is one of your, I know this is one of your guys, you know, he's a Stanford guy. I know know he's a four year starter. Um, I don't, is he, is he in the six foot range?
0: Yeah. He's six feet, 191 pounds. So I'm assuming that he's a pretty
1: rangy guy. Um, he probably has good ball ball skills, and he probably is more one of those. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is he is he more of the type of uh, interception type of guy, or is he more of
0: the break of the pass type of uh, corner? He's he goes for the picks. Okay. He goes for the picks, but he also plays the receiver. He doesn't go for the picks like stupidly. <laughs> he's not like so he's diving of out of the way to try and get. Yeah, he's more of a technician that's going to get you a little bit of interceptions.
1: Okay, so I mean, nothing's wrong with that. As long as, as, long as we bring somebody else in to come in and battle, um, let's 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 get somebody in here to be, de- be a, uh Daryl Worley out of a, out of position. You know, nothing wrong against Daryl Worley, but I feel like you know there are some other guys we can go ahead and bring into this uh, as deaf pieces that can be you know more um, that could be better, even though he did have a great game against the Cincinnati Bengals. I know people gonna, in the comments going to probably you know. But Darryl Worley did play against played the good against Cincinnati. That was one time, guys. That was one time. It was one time. But um, no, it was a, this. This was a um, good pick, man. Um, we do have young corners in in the facility already with Pepe Williams Jill and Jalen Davis. So I mean, it's good to keep on. Uh, it's good to keep on adding on. But um, you know, you you should have the full rundown on this guy. You know, you watch that football religiously. So you know, tell me, tell tell the fans. What, 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 what to expect out of this young man?
0: Yeah, so the biggest thing is he's a four-year starter at Stanford. And at a lot of schools, yeah, it's cool. That doesn't happen. You are not a four-year starter at Stanford, especially under David Shaw. Christian McCaffrey couldn't start his rookie year or his freshman year. And Christian McCaffrey was by far the best running back in that room. But they just did not play him. Stanford's belief has always been... You have to bide your time. And then when you get to make, like, if you're, like, like elite, elite, like McCaffrey was, yeah, you could be our running back as your sophomore year. But he came in, and they started playing him. After four weeks, they started putting him on the field, and he was making plays. And his junior year was his best year at Stanford, and he was a lockdown corner. He was seen as, you know, probably the best corner in the pack 12. It was really him and Clark Phillips um, kind of going after it in that title. And he was dominant and he, he was, he became a player where his senior year, they just didn't throw at him. I want to say he was only targeted about 24 times. I think he brought it up. He was targeted about 24 times his senior year. And people were using that as a negative thing because they're like, Oh, we just haven't been able to see the ball skills. And he hasn't been getting all those interceptions and doing all these things that he used to do. You know why? Because every game, how you beat Stanford is you look at their defense and you go, wow, they have one player that's good. And that's Caillou Blue Kelly. So they went every other location. And a lot of people are going to bring up the Jordan Addison game. It was a rough game for him. But really what happened is Jordan Addison got like an 80-yard touchdown. He beat him on a deep post. Kelly, it was in like decent coverage. It wasn't like he got completely toasted. Decent coverage, breaks the tackle, spins out of it, and scores. But other than that, Caillou played a great game. Um, But Jordan Addison ended up with an absurd amount of receiving yards and stuff like that. Because, again, Caillou Kelly was the only player on this Stanford defense, the only player that was competent. And so everyone just avoided him. So people were concerned about that. Hey, is he still going to be that same guy he was his junior year? Because people were looking at him. Hey, maybe he could be a day two pick. Maybe he could be a day, you know, round three pick. And then it was like, oh, nobody's targeting him. Goes into the senior bowl. And they're like, okay, now we're going to see how he does. And it was like, oh, he's clamping everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and his knock is his speed. But the last Stanford cornerback to come out where their knock was, oh, they're not that fast, is one of the best cornerbacks in history. And that's Richard Sherman. Um, He's a very smart player. And if you just have a safety over the top, he is going to play press man coverage and he's going to get in your grill and he's going to press you. That is what he's going to try and do. And I think he's that's exactly what the Ravens want to try and do is use Kyle Hamilton. They want to use Marcus Williams and his dad playing the Tampa 2 defense with Tampa Bay, Brian Kelly. So. He's no he's, He knows exactly what he needs to do, and he's smart about it. You can be a slower – like, he's not that slow. He ran a 4.52. It's not the slowest. I mean, that's the same speed as Jackson Smith and Jigba. It's not like he's that slow. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like he's running 4.6. But I'm super excited about this pick because he is a cornerback that can lock you down and can turn into a potential number one cornerback in the NFL. But he doesn't have to be. He never has to be. He just has to be a number two. Hey, we love that. (laughs) (laughs) We do love that. Next up in the draft, the Ravens ended up selecting a player that now I know how to pronounce the name. He goes by Sala. Uh, But I believe it's Malai Sala Almavailaulu. I'm just going to call him Sala. I think that's what most Ravens fans are going to do. You know Don't what? worry. That was, that was great. i just, I just look at the phonetic spelling. And <laughs> you did pretty damn good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I had to make sure I got it right. Um, offensive tackle. He's listed as a tackle out of Oregon, but he does have experience playing guard. Mm-hmm. Six foot five and a half, 317 pounds. Joshua, what are you thinking about going after back to back? And then eventually back to back to back. Pack
1: 12 guys. Honestly, man, I like it. I mean, I it was another, it was another tackle that I had an eye on. Um, I forgot his name. I'm 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 blown I'm drawing a blank. But you know, he was he played tackle, but he also they also said that, you know, with him being like 6'4, six, 6'5-ish, six, um, they was gonna move into the interior. The only thing I don't like about um my guy Sal right now is you know his his lack of recovery. Um, speed you know if he does get beat and um his uh his hand his hand work you know so that's something you know that we all know when it comes to Ravens and and whether it's offensive line or defense line we can we are the lineman whisperers we know how to get these guys to work for us so you know there's definitely a good piece I mean anyone that starts saying oh Ben Cleveland is going to be out of a job you're crazy He's not going to be out of a job. He's been in the facility since the beginning of April, working out for voluntary OTAs. He even got in some of the games last year, and he showed pretty and he showed to be a pretty damn good left guard. And I feel like he's going to be a starting left guard for us come week one. So don't be surprised, everyone. But um, this is just this is just added insurance, honestly. And um, you can't never you can never go wrong with adding more
0: linemen. I I fully agree, and. I like the idea that we're going after the really big lineman. I mean, outside of our center, Tyler yeah. Linderbaum, who's <laughs> undersized. I mean, there's a chance that next year, we'll talk about this next player, um, Andrew Voorhees next. But, I mean, we're going to have Ronnie Stanley, mm-hmm. about 6'5". Yeah. Ben Cleveland is like 6'5", 6'6". Yeah. Linderbaum, I want to say is like 6'2". But then I think Sala. Or Andrew Voorhees could be our right guard. And then obviously the biggest one, Daniel Falele. Like we are going after massive individuals and trying to reshape this offensive line, which I really like because, again, we're bringing in a new scheme. We're bringing in a new system. And let's get some young guys that we can develop so that they develop into the system that Todd Munkin is going for. And so drafting O line again, I wanted somebody that could compete at the left guard spot. I think he is somebody that can compete. Also, if we ever need a swing tackle, we ever want to go into to you know, throw him out at tight end, you know, call him an eligible pass catcher. Again, do that at the goal line, right? Do that on third down. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with drafting extra tackle depth. I mean, the Ravens could come out and throw, you know, Daniel Falele in a fullback, and then they could throw Salah out as you know one of the extra tight ends and it's like oh how are you stopping that i wish they would have did that in the cincinnati playoff game well we probably still would have Tyler Huntley still would have tried to jump over
1: <laughs> no they would have to, they would have to give the ball to Gus or with jk at that point if they didn't give the ball with J- gus or jk with dave uh, fellay in front in, in front of them i would have been very highly um very ticked off. but hey
0: <laughs> yeah i feel that but then joshua the final pick the ravens traded a future sixth round pick for the 12th pick in the seventh round and we select andrew vorhees for people that don't know Torres acl at the combine then repped out 38 bench press reps with one leg what do you think about the ravens making this trade and getting you know a sixth pick in the draft
1: um, one thing I'm not mad about and honestly, you know, if people been watching the mock draft Mondays, that's somebody that you that you know that we always end up finding in those later rounds. So, you know, um of course he's gonna be, you know, ready for us twenty twenty and twenty twenty twenty-four, but um you gotta think about that right side. That right side will will be retiring soon. Yeah. Kevin Zeitler and Morgan Moses. So, you know, once you once he, you know, he fully recovers and heal and continue getting stronger and continue working on his technique, um, I just hope he stays around the facility like, you know, like the rest of the guys. So he can still, you know, just be a sponge and um, soak up all the information, you know, and just be around, just be around those guys. Um, so when it's, when it's his time, he can just come out there and hit the ground running. You know, even with Daniel filet I feel like that right side is going to be massive. I'm looking yeah, forward to that, you know. <laughs> when you get some, you get some, uh, some guys, young guys on top of that, and when you, when you see them pushing out 38 reps at 225. whoo, whoo, man, it's a strong man, it's a strong. man. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm definitely looking forward to this. Um, I like, I like the pick. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I love what they're doing in regards of you know beefing up the old line. Uh, showing sure up, getting some guys that can, you know, that they can move around and, you know, build towards for the future.
0: No, I, I definitely agree. I think I think that was the right selection. I think I was really excited when I saw that the Ravens traded back in to grab Sony, where, again, he was potentially a around three pick this year, maybe even around two pick prior to the ACL tear. Well, we traded a sixth round pick. Just like we did last year with David Ojabo. We used a pick on a player like Ojabo was a first round player. And we use a second rounder to just delay it a year when we get him. We're using a sixth round pick to next year have a player come into the building that already knows the playbook, already knows the guys, already knows the system. And he's a day, you know, day two player. And we are using a sixth round pick on him. That's a, that's a great trade in my opinion. Again, People aren't going to notice it this year, but next year when he's all of a sudden competing in training camp, people are going to be like, Oh yeah. (laughs)
1: We
0: used our sixth round pick on this guy. This guy's going to be one of the best sixth rounders that you can get next year um, when the Ravens have it. And I think that's worthwhile, um, you know, to get somebody like that, but, you know, kind of jumping into it. Let's talk, you know, kind of really quickly. Joshua, what do you think was your favorite or the best pick for the Ravens in this draft?
1: um the best pick for the ravens you know i don't want to say like i'm hating the best pick for the ravens was a flowers um th- my best pick though was tavius robinson um honestly i did you know when we talked about um when we recently dropped the episode when we talk about you know our the needs and when we ranked them you know edge edge rusher was pretty up there for me um to answer that answer that um the answer in the fourth round with a guy that you can move in inside and outside, you know, a guy that has a high motor, a guy that doesn't give up a guy that, you know, that, that believes in, you know, uh, creating havoc on that, in, on that defensive line. And you feel, and you could possibly plug in immediately, possibly. I'm saying possibly, y'all. Uh, but we, we do, we do have a, um, we do now have a, uh, an edge rusher whisperer inside the facility. So we might can see some high production er- early, you know, out of this guy. So you never know. So, um, but take Robinson. That's, that's going to be my best pick of the, of the draft. How about you? you? Who you got?
0: I don't think there's any doubt in my mind. It's Kyle Blue Kelly. It's Kyle Blue Kelly. There's there's no, no doubt in my mind that it's Kyle Blue Kelly because I think that he is somebody that is going to step up big time for this team. I don't think he's a project. I think he's somebody that can play right away. Not as a starting, you know, number one corner, but as a number three. You know, he he's lined up in the nickel before. You can line him up out wide. Recent Ravens draft picks at corner have been developmental guys. Brandon Stevens is a developmental guy. Jalen Armor Davis was a developmental guy. I don't think Pepe was. I think Pepe can play. I think Pepe could play from day one, and he did. And I like the way that he performed. Yeah. So if the Ravens rock out this year and go with Marlon Pepe and Mr. Caillou blue Kelly, I'm going to be okay with that. That's not my expectation. I think yeah. they'll go get a Marcus Peters or get a um, Rocky yes. Sin or, or go after somebody. But I just really like his game to be able to just say, Hey, we have a man coverage corner that has ball skills and has played in a good conference and has played against good competition And has the work ethic and has the the willingness to play special teams, the willingness to do the things that not everybody's going to want to do, because that's how you have to play at Stanford. Stanford is a tough school to play college football at, and that's why they're so coveted in the draft is because they do things differently, right? You, you cannot just go in as a you know, five-star recruit. You have to have like a 4.0 GPA. You cannot transfer to Stanford. You have to get into Stanford as a transfer and then try and get onto the football team. That's why they get no transfers. That's why it's so hard to get people to play. You don't get to play your freshman year. You don't get to play your sophomore year for almost everybody. And yet Stanford players hit very well in the draft and they're typically later guys, right? Like, that's how they typically do things. It's just, hey, this guy's going to be a hard worker. This guy's going to compete. And there's a plenty of Stanford secondary players in the NFL right now. Justin Reed, uh, Paulson Debo. Richard Sherman just retired, but he was another one. I think the next one is just going to be Caillou Blue Kelly. It's just, hey, here's a solid corner that came out of Stanford and slid because people didn't target him his senior year he played the whole year you can't be bad
1: at that like yo if you don't get targeted like oh yeah we we stand away from that side it's 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 just like basketball if you gotta if you have the best defender if you have a good team known to have one of the best defenders you're gonna go you're gonna go off you're gonna go to your uh your off ball guy you, you know you're gonna be passing that ball around you're gonna be making that man tired so Yo, anybody has a problem with that? Like you don't understand sports. I'm gonna just say that. Yeah. I you going to say don't understand football. Just don't understand sports. Yeah,
0: <laughs> no, I I agree. And what what do you think would be your worst pick? Oh,
1: man. I've been thinking about that one, man. Honestly, I can't say it's a worst. I don't have a worst pick right now. The reason I say that because when I look at this office, when I look at this draft, when I see the guys that we drafted, the Ravens are not going to go. For always the sexy picks. They're not gonna go for the picks that we're gonna always understand. They're not gonna go for the picks that we feel like, oh, as a fan base, we need. They're gonna go for the people that they feel is best player available. They're also gonna go for the players that they feel like um that could be immediate impact. And they and they pride themselves on the beat on, on BPA, the best player available. In that round, and that's what they did. It went after the guys that they felt like was best player available. So I'm going I'm not I don't have a worst pick. I feel like this was a solid Ravens type of draft <laughs> with each pick.
0: Yeah. And on the other side of things, these the worst pick. I don't necessarily think they had one, but if I had to pick one. I'm probably going to say Trenton Simpson. I was leaning onto it. I just didn't want to go there. But I really like him. Like, (laughs) I hate hate having to say the worst pick because I do think he's going to ball out. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also just difficult to tell, hey, what are we going to be able to do at, you know, we didn't get that third safety. Instead, we went after a linebacker. Yeah. And I think maybe like, maybe it rubs PQ the wrong way. I, I think it just might have some connotations that maybe hurts the linebacker core it, it in has. the short run. It did. Like and that's for- my, that's my thought on it. It's like, Hey, it's kind of weird. You're drafting, you know, kind of did the same thing you did to Chuck Clark doing it. Even if we keep PQ, you know, there's questions as to whether we do that, you know, fifth year option. Yeah. And then we go out and we draft the linebacker in the third round, even though I really like the pick, I think it's one of the better picks they made. But in terms of how it may affect things for that defense, I think it might hurt things. Yeah, I,
1: me personally, they wasn't going. They're not going to uh, pick up its fifth year option. I do feel like they could have waited to next year, you know, to to replace uh, PQ. That's just my that's just my opinion. Um, I do, you know, I do see why you uh, that could if we had to pick why it could be the worst pick of the draft. Um, when you do certain things, it just stirs. It just stirs the pot sometimes in a good way sometimes in a bad way you know um and you know our fan base they they they're quick to get on it they can go look at the instagram real they go look at the instagram real quick and look at the twitter real quick oh man this guy removed all Ravens' uh information or or uh, affiliation out out of their uh out of their uh out of their hitter and everything like that so you know uh you know people who started trashing pq like i said before PQ was put in this in a position where initially he wasn't going to thrive.
0: Mm-hmm. He didn't
1: have no one to work with under him. Yeah, I mean work with him, excuse me. Yeah, Josh Bonds came in late, but still, he's no superstar. Um <laughs> he didn't, PQ didn't have uh CJ Mosley. He didn't have Ray Smith, he didn't have Ray Lewis, he didn't have a Daryl Smith with him. No, PQ was out there by his lonely trying to figure it out. And he's younger than and he's younger than Adafio Way, and he actually has a little bit more football experience than Adafio Way. So um, <laughs> we, all say, we all saw what PQ can be when he actually has when he actually plays his natural position. When he plays the weak inside linebacker with a strong Mike inside linebacker with Roquan Smith. So I'm not going to say oh with the Trenton Simpson, you know PQ is immediately out out. No. Mike McDonald has a level of creativity where he' going he gonna to use all his weapons to the best of his ability and get high production out of him. So I feel like Trent Smith is a guy they feel like they can still – and they still can plug into this defense and still keep PQ uh, on this defense as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. And, you know, I think one of the biggest questions is the Ravens had a couple of holes on this defense. Yeah. Joshua, did the Ravens fix their holes? Did they fix the problems in the draft or at least how close did they get?
1: Um, and we're going to if we're going to go with secondary first, I'm going to say we are still 40% away. Um, you know, just getting one corner was not enough in my opinion. Um, I wish this I wish this draft was a draft was the uh Two years ago draft when we was when we got hella corners and we even had we even had so many where we was trading them away. You know, um I know we do have guys in the facility, you know, Brandon Stevens, Pepe Williams, Jalen Alvin Davis, Geno Stone, Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton, um, our Darius Washington. I forgot about him. We do have him. Uh, we could possibly bring back Marcus Peters. Hell, we could even possibly bring back Kyle Fuller as well, too. If um, if he feels like he has something left in the tank for a death piece, even brought in. Oh, excuse me. We got we got Lamar's cousin. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Shout out to his, shout out to the uh about little brother. He got I believe he got drafted or he went uh, undrafted. Um he came from University of Indiana. Um so I mean, I do feel like, you know, we like 40% away. I do still feel like we do need a um we do need an immediate uh Number two or even number one, so Marlon can you know roam around and do his thing. Um, I do feel like you know for that for that defensive line, you still need a better veteran. Just mm-hmm. one. I don't think I don't think it's two. Just one. You get Dalen Hayes. You get Dylan Hayes back. You get Adafi back. back. Um, you get David Ojabo back fully healthy. Justin Metabik and Roger Washington been coming into their own. So um, and also the dark horse out of that group, um, Tyus Bowser. As well, even Malik Harrison showed up a couple flashes here and there. So, you know, I do feel like they fixed fixed it to a degree. Um we just made I feel like we need one veteran on that uh on a line. We do still need to address uh, corners as well.
0: No, I I I kind of agree. I think we have holes and I don't think we fixed them. And I think wide receiver, I think it's good. I think wide receiver is fixed again. Can you improve it? Yes. But it's fixed, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we fixed the door. Could you add a doorbell? Yeah, you could. Not <laughs> necessary though. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's the big body wide receiver. That's the doorbell. But instead, we get the wide receiver, that's good. We get offensive linemen. I think the offense is good. Now we didn't draft a third running back. We ended up signing one in you know UDFA. Um, but I don't think that was a hole. I think that was like something we could add. Mm. DB. We added one guy. I don't think that necessarily fixes the problem. I think we need to go after a vet. And I don't think the draft... Again, the draft doesn't have to solve everything. We solved part of it. Yeah, We have the cap space to solve the rest of it. So I think in that sense, we the Ravens did a good job. But, you know... We did end up drafting a linebacker and an edge rusher when you know obviously corner was a bigger need. But the Rams traditionally want to go best player available. They want to get that depth. They want to go out and have the players that are going to help their team out the most long term, rather than just fixing things with you know short term solutions. They get the good players, and that's how we see you know guys like uh, Zedari Smith start to ball out, Matthew Judon start to ball out, Tyus Bowser start to ball out is because. They may not have been needs, but we went after them because we could develop them. And down the line, it, it we reaped the rewards. Ravens tried to do that again in this draft, but they ended up missing out on, you know, potentially some some defensive help that we need. But my assumption is they have a plan. But, you know, to kind of wrap up everything, Joshua, let's give the Ravens a grade on how we rate um, this draft. What are you thinking?
1: Um. Man. But I had to get the Ravens a grade for this zig no zag draft. I'm gonna say B plus, man. Um the Ravens do what they do best. They, you know, they answered to their quarterbacks need and and also to their offensive coordinator need. Um they brought in a guy that also they felt like you know that could be um a potential day one starter in the third round to Mike McDonald and his defensive side of the ball, also, you know. Um, gave him another another guy too, and then the, um, the, the Ravens do what they do best—they find offensive linemen, they find gems, guys that that's not all the way polished, but you know they have some work to do um, that they feel like they that they can work on. We have—I I give it—I give it to the facility. They do have some of the best offensive line, defensive line coaches. You know they they've been they they we have a factory of those guys that we've been pushing out. So I definitely give it up to them on that on that level. So I give them a strong B plus.
0: I like it. My opinion, I'm going to give the Ravens, I'm going to give them a B. I think I think I like the players. I think it's a decent draft. I don't think it was a bad draft. I think there were teams that did have bad drafts. But in my opinion, last year's draft was an A. You know, I think I was really excited about last year's draft. I think they did a very good job. Um, going after positions of need, going after you know, superstar players that can turn into greatness, right? <laughs> Linderbaum, great pick. And and we said this when they got drafted. Linderbaum was a great pick. Kyle Hamilton was a great pick. David Ojabo was great value in the second. Travis Jones loved that pick. We got two tight ends. Obviously, it wasn't totally necessary, but one of them was Isaiah Likely, who we really liked as a pick. We needed yeah. a punter, we drafted a punter, we got a punter. We had a lot more picks but we used them on positions in need. And I think we got really good value. Obviously not every pick was an A plus, but I think overall last year was an A. I think this year was a B. I think we got players at positions in need, but we missed out on some other guys and we took some surprising selections. And it's always interesting. I want people to know this. Never ever get upset or get excited about draft rankings that you read because They're all projections of how these players will play. The funniest example was the Seattle Seahawks when they went out and drafted, I believe it was Bruce Irvin, Mm -hmm. Russell Wilson, then Bobby Wagner. I believe they were given an F (laughs) for that draft. And they were like, horrible selection of a quarterback. They took two bad linebackers. This is terrible. The Seahawks are done. And then it was like, oh, look at that. You drafted – Maybe the best linebacker of the generation. You drafted a you know your franchise quarterback and a guy that really helped out your defense in Bruce Her. Yeah. This is just it's it's more for fun of doing a draft grade of how we would have drafted. It, it doesn't really mean anything. Um it's just more fun. But let us know your guys' thoughts um on the drafting draft grades. But Josh, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Any any sleeper draft picks or or anything you want to bring up about any of these guys?
1: Oh man, someone that got slighted. Um, well, shout out that he, that he finally got signed. Um, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be joined as a fan, brother. in um, at the greatest team of America air quotes, um, the Dallas Cowboys shout out to Isaiah Lane coming out of family, um, getting picked up. You know, I know, um, a lot of people, maybe even, even players feel like HBCU guys are getting slighted in, in this draft. Um, All I can say to you guys that do go undrafted, these guys that has been working your tails off, continue working, man. Your story is not over. Don't let this, you know, be the end to your story. And also shout out to DJ being picked up by the Ravens uh, coming out of Bowie State University. Um, If Raymond Boone is still out there, uh, cornerback, I hope he, I hope someone uh, picks him up too. But everybody, make sure y'all smash, like, follow, um, comment, subscribe, and um, be on the lookout for the giveaways, man. And um, y'all have a good one. Enjoy your week.
0: Absolutely. Thank you all so much for watching, listening, however you're doing it. Make sure to come back next time, and we hope you all have a great week.